I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message with me, Ian Morris. Um, And yes, I know those of you who are patrons will have listened to Extra Message with me this week and have concluded now that I've done away with Nate. But I assure you, that is not the truth. Nate is a live not well but alive he's uh, got covid apparently uh, so this week joining me is tech expert and somewhat related man andy hoyle hello you say somewhat related i mean we're brothers me and very me, much very much definitely related um yeah. and also are you still hoyle is it or is it langston no, i'm langston yeah. i'm andrew, andrew langston. i can't keep he's up this is this is ludicrous um, no, nor can I. <laughs> so you, anyway, thank you very much for joining us this week. I wanted to tell you that I've been watching For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus. Have you been watching anything exciting on TV recently? Exciting! Oh my god, Ian. Yes, I absolutely have. I've been watching a lot of Antiques Road Trip. It is okay. simply delightful. That um, is absolutely yeah. not what I expected. But anyway, carry on. No, I know, but it, it's no, it's great because it turns out I'm really like antiques, and also it's just such pleasant <laughs> uh, watching. Um, ev- everyone on there is great. Charles Hansen, one of their experts, is is oh god, you can just watch him for hours. Um, but actually, I, I got so into this that I went round to a um, uh, an auction house around the corner from me in Edinburgh, um, and God, yeah, I ended up starting bidding on things. Really? Um, well, I went not really having any intention of uh, of, of buying, but I saw. But this you must have had to gigantic... register, right? I did have to register okay. um, after I saw this gigantic rug that I wanted for my living room, and so I came, uh, and then I came home, and I couldn't actually. I went to view the lots. Uh, oh, Ian. Yes. What's a um, uh, what's a what's an auctioneer's favourite thing? Um, Lots. Uh. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so I came home and I had a register. And I watched the auction online, and I didn't really. I know that that is kind of a thing that's been around for for quite a few years now, but I'd never really done it. This is the tech angle, by the way. I yep. watched an auction online, so I am feeding it back into the the theme of the show. Don't worry, it doesn't. But, you yeah, don't have to do was, tech if you don't want to. You know, it's it's it's, it's vaguely tech, <laughs> and it's about how I tried to buy an old mirror and an old rug, both of which I will say I was outbid on. Oh, well, at least you set yourself a, a maximum price. Yes, you know that, that, that's the and danger. Far below what other people wanted to pay was my problem for these you know very good quality antiques and i was going in maybe thinking i can get this mirror for 20 quid and it went for 200 Ooh. whatever uh yeah i mean i've actually also uh, developed a little bit of an auction habit in that i keep my eye open for broadcast equipment auctions and then consider spending wow that's niche yeah but it's because the thing is i've, I've got a thing about um broadcast clocks uh and so i yeah i know it's ridiculous and they're very expensive what what is a broad well it's it's a sore clock you have in a tv gallery it's a i've got one i'll I'll send you a picture later uh if you've been in a tv studio or a gallery you will have seen like a a leech clock or a uh a wharton clock 
Right. They're great. Okay. But they're brand new, they're like 800 quid. So I keep going on auctions and looking to, to try and get one cheap, but it never really happens. I do have one. I'd like a second one. Anyway, I think... Right. Uh, one isn't enough. <laughs> that's, that's probably enough. Oh, but for all mankind, if uh, have you seen it? No. It's great. I, it, it's really good. I mean, it's a bit slow. Is it an Apple TV? It is. Thing. Yeah, but it's worth it. Go and watch it at Nate's when he's better. I've got Apple TV. Oh, have you? Oh, brilliant. Well, then yeah, watch just it. Don't, you just don't use it. it you're going to need a bit of patience. It's. Uh, have you not watched Severance on Apple TV? No. Oh, get, I've please. been watching... A, I mean, I, when I say I've been watching a lot of Antiques Roadtrip, I do mean... All of it. It's basically the only thing I've been doing at all. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I get it. And let's be honest, that's, a, that's something you share with Nate. Well, <clears throat> I guess we should get on with the, the first story. Do you want to do that? Uh, yes, we can do that, Ian. That sounds great to me. Netflix is launching an ad-supported service in November. Uh, there are a couple of intertwined stories about Netflix this week. Firstly, it was reported by the BBC that the streamer will use the Barb rating system to confirm how many people are watching its shows in the US. Uh, sorry, in the US, the company will be doing similar with American metrics firm Nielsen. Now, that might sound a bit odd, given how Netflix has refused to give out actual viewing figures, uh, even to the companies and people involved in making the shows. However, it ties to the second part of the story, which obviously I spoil in the header, uh, which is that the company's decided to implement an ad-supported tier, which has been rumoured for some time. It's going to cost uh, 4.99 a month in the UK, so it'll be £2 cheaper than the basic tier. Uh, you'll have to watch four to five ads an hour Hour, apparently uh and the the ratings move in this the first part of this story was obviously an essential part because uh those ratings will set the ad rates uh, for netflix will charge uh which i expect will be very expensive but it does leave the door open for massive global deals like i could see coke buying an entire christmas movie for example and, and it being the only ad oh for sure yeah uh, and uh, speaking of movies, Netflix said that new movies will have pre-roll ads, so you won't be interrupted during the film. Older movies might have breaks, but that's to be determined. Uh, the sceptic among me feels this might be sort of better and deliberate anyway, because you'll have seen the movies, uh, even if you end up hating them. I'm looking at you, all Netflix movies. Uh, you, you'll still have your <laughs> eyes scorched with capitalism. So Andy, uh, what are your thoughts on this move? My thoughts are twofold um firstly i would i would just like to start with the whole at watching ads before a movie starts which sounds great because as you say you can get them out of the way but also surely i think that would allow people to basically start the film then go and make a cup yes. of tea and which means that netflix is going to be selling expensive ads but actual eyeballs watching is going to be minimal um so i wonder necessarily how that is going uh to work rather than having mid-roll um so obviously as a as a as a watcher as a viewer i would rather have pre-roll so that i can more easily ignore them um but i suspect that that might not last for long um <laughs> and 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 it will uh, inevitably uh, have you know a very expensive ad tier for a mid break on a on a top new film much in the same way as the Super Bowl halftime adverts are iconically the most expensive ad space money can yeah, buy and and some people describe them as the most creative but i mean to me the american adverts just like the, the super bowl ads just seem like normal british adverts are all the time mm. you know that there's that creativity i think that has always been part of you know english tv or british tv ads i don't know i don't get it anyway sorry carry on 
Well, yeah, that was that's my kind of thought on that. But but generally, I would say I'm in favour of this because we're you know we're in a time when the cost of living is is sky high. People are struggling for a lot of things, and and I think a lot of uh, a lot of families generally are looking at things like their Netflix account. They're looking at their um, you know all of these like individual monthly things. Maybe they've got Netflix. Maybe they've also got um, Xbox Game Pass because that's more affordable than buying individual games. Uh, maybe they've got you know two or three other things, and they're starting to really crunch those numbers and think, can we afford to do this? Saving an extra extra couple of pounds might really make the difference and and still mean that these that, that families um and people are able to sit down and and watch these really big shows and still engage with the conversation with their friends and, and stuff around it but 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 not quite being priced out um you know it's not it's not the only way if it, this would be different if it was okay now all of netflix is ad supported and it still costs the same you know what they've done is there is now an even cheaper way of doing it, which we need, which doesn't affect the rest of us. And that version is going to be ad supported. You know, I don't want the ads and I am happy to pay that extra two pounds because I'm a swanky beast <laughs> and I will throw my money where I want to, Ian. Thank you very but, much. No, totally get it. Yeah, I mean, I um, I don't, I think, I, I would like to personally see the ad tier being free because it's 720p. You can't download uh, shows, I don't think. Um, why not make it free? You'll make a lot well, of money on the ads. It's that's that's true because I mean, I mean, YouTube does you know works on that basis. Um, you know, it's free to go and watch my channel, Andrew Langston Photography. <laughs> um, everything you want to know about macro and nature photography in one easy to see format. Anyway, that was an uh, ad. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> and it was and it and it cost you. Well, we'll have to here. cut it out the Patreon version. um but you know that that youtube has its pre-roll ads on there and as a result the actual content costs nothing this is actually what i've said before you know where i i find it baffling when you go you pay what 20 pounds to go and see a film at the odeon and you sit through 45 minutes of adverts like well surely then that is ad supported and you should be able to set that free (laughs) or when you buy uh you know a, a, a fancy magazine um, I won't name any names in case they get asked about it. But when half of that magazine is ads, then why are you paying for the other half? Surely it's ad supported and it should just be a pamphlet. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I do completely agree. And I think I'm so fatigued by adverts. They're so in my face all the time. It's mm. just, it's it's not like it used to be where, you know, it was a few channels that were supported by ads. It's You can't move for ads now. And it drives me absolutely scatty i I, the thing that drives me nuts with regular broadcast tv ads is that they are not targeted and so the only way they target is the old-fashioned way of we think the sort of people watching tv at this time are going to be interested in x y and z and so if i'm watching say taskmaster on channel four at 9 p.m on a thursday not an ad um, I'm getting I'm getting adverts for uh, for cause beer and gambling and I don't do those things um, but because it's not targeted it's just a it's a general we think that this is going to be relevant to these people I don't mind ads and when I'm on things like Instagram that I've been on for years and actually as algorithms know me pretty well the ads I get are genuinely for products and services i am interested in and i go oh i didn't realize that was a thing that is interesting and i have bought plenty of things via instagram ads as a result because they actually know me perhaps netflix being its own platform and having its own 
um, information, and this is what I will find interesting, whether it is the same ads, whoever you are, or whether they are able to target those ads depending on your viewing habits, that I think could make a difference. I know they've done a deal with Microsoft for advertising, so I I would expect them to be quite highly targeted. Hmm. It's an interesting Hmm. point you make. I do. I think it's in. I do think the first part of that story is very interesting as well. That, that having the barb ratings, we're gonna we we'll, we will start to see a lot more information about Netflix shows. Like, yeah. I, I, and that's something I am sort of quite interested in. It will be it will be fascinating to see, especially given all the noise the government tends to make about competing with Netflix. It'll be fascinating to see if there are shows on there that absolutely smash broadcast competition or if in reality netflix is a, a, a much smaller player than perhaps people think um i think it was going to be both those things yeah. i think it is it, it is 100 percent going to be like anything they throw a lot of stuff at the wall and they have their big hitters they have their squid game that will do millions yeah. and millions and millions and millions and billions of views globally as well as in the uk and then there's other shows that will come on and they will do ten thousand views in its first week um and you know it will be basically the same as some regional tv show yeah um and and everything in between yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think I would be interested to see if that makes anyone else pick up uh, proper ratings. That said, we don't necessarily need them. There are third-party organisations that do the same kind of tracking in broadly the same way um, that that measure, measure all these things anyway. So we do get to see these kind of stats uh, based on sort of hours watched and stuff. So mm. we'll see. Um, I think it's time to ask people listening what they thought. Uh, you should send us an email. It's hello at uktechshow.com. Well, uh, uh, Andy, I called you Nate. How how rude. Uh, It's 25 years of Grand Theft Auto. In just a a couple of weeks' time, one of the most controversial pieces of video game technology ever was released. It's Grand Theft Auto. It was widely condemned by parents, groups, and politicians for encouraging violence due to its rampant depiction of skidding over people for points and stealing cars for profit. It went on to be the first title in a series of games, as I'm sure everyone knows, that are among the best-selling in history. The most recent being Grand Theft Auto V with GTA 6 in development early footage of that game recently launched on the internet uh, leaked sorry on the internet uh, but that's probably for another day you know they make 500 million dollars a year off gta 5 or something ridiculous anyway um but today yeah it's crazy today i thought we'd look back at the origin of the series and dig up some memories and trivia uh, and compare the original top-down cartoonish thuggery to the cinematic depiction of criminality seen in recent releases now this might be the shortest section of the world andy unless you're prepared to say i love gta i love gta oh good well that's uh handy uh you've played i guess pretty much all of them why hang on do you not are you no are you i absolutely love it i've loved it since the first time it came out yeah oh, no. <laughs> okay. brilliant games i mean we could have argued then so either, either side you'd have said would have been would have been fine in terms of conversation uh yeah but they are they are i i love them i've played uh, i've played pr- mo- most of them i have i have not played every one of the game but i do remember playing the original uh, GTA when it came out, and I have sunk so many hours into Grand Theft Auto Five that it is. I was going to look it up. Uh, I mean, I hate, I hate, to, I hate to. I mean, I played. Yeah, the problem is they re- released it on every single other platform. So you know, I've I got all the you know remastered versions, and I've played it on different consoles, and then on PC and and stuff. So I have no idea how how 
long I've spent. But I I love it, and and I, I think I, and I, I really I love how how the game has has evolved from those early days, as you say, when it was top down, almost like pixel art, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, so so a vague. Um, you know, a vague view of what's what's going on. So the idea that you would look at the content in that and be horrified at, at the violence. Yes, when they were is, just is pixels. Now, yeah, it's just pixels and like, it, it's, it could be anything, is, is now kind of funny. Um, obviously, you know, we, we've had similar stories around the... Um, the the much more uh, photorealistic graphic depiction of, of of violence and aggression in the more recent ones, particularly when you know first person view became a thing uh, with GTA Five, and you know when you go and bash someone's head in with a baseball bat, it is yes. you doing it rather than a disembodied third person. And that it's all, does... it's almost like Rockstar went, you know what, you complained about the first one. Here's what we can do now, and and just yeah. went you know balls to the wall with it, which you know yeah. it, it's made for That's some said. entertaining games. Yeah, have you ever having played GTA Five, Ian? Have you ever wanted to put the controller down and go outside and do any of the crimes that you? No, no, no. I, nor I, 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 I feel, though, I feel like the two are not intertwined. I, it's a game. Yeah, it's almost as though the game doesn't actually cause people um, to do it in the same way that videos never did. You know, it's it's one of those yeah, things. It's easy. Or listening to rock music. The, uh, no, that definitely turns you bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't even um, know if I played the first one. To be honest, I'm trying to think. I I I remember when they had the I remember the one with the Dodge Viper and I can't remember the Beast GTS yes and I can't remember if that was the first one the second one the third one uh, it's all That'd gone the first one yeah okay fair enough well it was yeah. and it was surprisingly captivating and I remember thinking when we when we sort of heard as it was you know I think what was GTA Five the first first person one. It was a uh, yeah I mean it, it it was only added later as an optional view. Um, it didn't launch first person, um, yeah. but um, but that was the first one that did it, and because it needed the at the time next gen uh, abilities of the console to do it. Um, I mean, it would have been quite fun in VR. Again, horrible. Um, Ooh, I'm to, I'm not sure it. I could I could handle that. I mean, driving games in general, it's not something I've experienced. I keep meaning to get into VR, and then sort of looking at the prices and going ah. Uh, I, I can't. I can't be asked. But you're, it sounds like you're speaking for the gaming world in one in one. <clears throat> I'm, there, well, right? maybe may a touch. I don't, I don't know what um, what people's general opinion of VR is. I, I, I feel excited because I've had some really nice VR experiences in my time. But a game like GTA, I'm not sure. Like other racing games, like proper games. I mean, I say proper mm. games. It Forza, Forza, as I'm legally obligated to call it uh it, it, you know that would be good in vr and you know uh some other sort of actual racing sims it, i could say adding yeah, i mean i don't know racing sims are too fast a little bit there, there's moments of gta that i think would work in vr so i i have played a lot of vr i've got a uh, well one of the first gen vibes um and some games i've really enjoyed playing so i, I played a lot of half-life alex when that came out mm. and that is i th- i think still is the best example of how immersive a vr game can be and if you ever get a chance to play that for any length of time Ian, please do and i'd really love your thoughts same goes to nate yeah. um, when he eventually listens to this because he's like me a huge half-life fan and loves half-life 3 being oh, in two. being we're, we're all yeah. half-life yeah. 3 mate. um but being in that world being in that vr uh, headset with it is was just absolutely incredible i'm not sure it would translate to gta 5 but there's definitely stuff they could do with it 
But violence-wise, what I think is quite fun is that the is that although the actual violence you can do in GTA Five is much more visceral, is much more photorealistic. Um, I actually think the violence is more watered down in it generally because so the game is so huge. It was so many more other things to do. Yes, in GTA One, it's just the game, just to drive. It's literally just running people over, over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Whereas I still boot up GTA Five and I just go cycling in it, or I, I just I just drive around and drive up the mountains and things, kind of like I do in um, in in Forza. Yeah, I do the uh, same just, in Forza. I just like the experience. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily need to be engaging with the game. I'm just kind of being part of its world, um, and that doesn't necessarily mean being violent you, until I put the cheats in and going around. <laughs> do you think that 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 GTA was the first sort of game with an open world that people really connected with am i doing a disservice to other open world games that have existed for ages i wouldn't like to say that <clears throat> i i suspect no because i think there's been other like rpgs uh you know that were even not like you know define open world you know the the text-based rpgs from the 80s oh and, sure and stuff yeah. that like like so i i don't necessarily know but i think it's i think it's fair to say that it's been a pioneer in what in what that kind of game can be in an open world like that um and yeah i think it i think it's been interesting to see the the comments um about it the the different as you say parent groups that every single release chime up uh. and, and talk about things in um in different ways despite um i know all the things that they don't did, complain did about. they complain about uh, red dead redemption in the same way because it's basically the same right i mean there's no it running is... people over but there are horses and prostitutes instead of cars yeah. and prostitutes if they did i don't think they it, it it was i mean i don't think it it's you know it's not national news now anyway i do remember when uh, the first grand theft autos came out you know that uh, that was bbc uh you know 10 o'clock news were, were, were the the comments from uh you know interest groups and things um about that and that's not the case thankfully um anymore uh yeah i, I don't know about red dead it, it's it's funny isn't right. it? it is as violent isn't it i do i I, th I think this is kind of a symptom of the thing it's like gta uh, i guess it's one of those things it, it it captured a zeitgeist at a time and somehow managed to really generate some fury you see it all the time i remember when kevin smith released dogma um, a film that, if you watch it, actually makes more of an argument for religion and the church than you would ever have thought going into the f f fuss and fiasco that preceded it. You know, the, these Catholic groups in the US got very upset about it. But when you watch it, it's actually, uh, you can see that it's kind of come from a place of a man with a an actual f faith that, you know, wanted mm. to make a film that was sort of a slightly different look at things. So anyway... Um, uh, but, I, there's some. I've got some. I got my assistant to dig up some trivia. Apparently, it was originally oh, nice. called Race and Chase, which I find interesting. Given that, sort of Grand Theft Auto is more of an American name, and uh, obviously GTA was developed in the UK, in Scotland, in fact, uh, by yeah, DMA Design. Yeah, and and it's um, yeah. Uh, do you think we'd still be having a race and chase five and, and looking forward to racing <laughs> no. race and chase six? Uh, and I, I suspect that if it had been called race and chase, perhaps the big fuss may not have been made about it. It's race and chase is such like a 1980s Amiga 
you know, title, isn't it? Where it literally is describing the game of what it is. You race and chase. Yeah. Well, and weirdly, in 2009, uh, Kotaku quoted Lemmings and original GTA designer David Jones as recounting how GTA was just like Pac-Man. People said to me that GTA was just like Pac-Man, he said. He eats the dots while you drive over the dots in GTA. The police chase you like ghosts in Pac-Man. That's a... It is like Pac-Man. <laughs> when you look at it like that, it's like... Yeah. Oh. That it's... first top-down one, all the roads, yeah, were yeah. all laid out like the Pac-Man maps, yeah. They're just a more, more version of Pac-Man. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, apparently, GTA 1 included a multiplayer function which allowed players to battle with human opponents. It was possible on LAN connections. I don't remember that. No, I don't remember that. That sounds a bit ahead of its time because a few years ago i did um i did a 24-hour uh, gaming stream and, and what, some of the things that we did were, you know play classic games like unreal tournament uh if i'd known that was possible because you can easily sort of emulate a lan over the internet these days with a like a little app um uh it, so i i probably would have suggested we do that because that would have been absolutely hilarious if it was yeah. possible over the years, the game has been subjected to enormous numbers of mostly unsuccessful loose lawsuits to ban sales. Uh, however, the hot coffee mod was one of the situations that caused Take-Two to make serious game changes uh, to b- avoid being kicked off shelves. I'd forgotten about this. About the hot coffee mod? Yeah. Do you remember it? I do. I remember, I remember me and my friends at the time trying to figure out how to activate it um, because we wanted to know what it was. Um, so it was built into the game, right? But it was hidden. Is that right? Yeah, it was code that they found that was in there, and some, I, I, and I believe had then, or at least, it, whether this was like the urban myth or whether it was actually real, it's sort of like that whole, oh, my uncle works at Nintendo, he knows, um, of like, the code was believed to be in there, and but had been sort of covered up, but with the right cheat code, basically would activate. It. I think the idea was you type in hot coffee as a cheat and um, then you get to see uh, uh, polygonal sex scenes. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'm, I think it seems only reasonable that we invite our audience to uh, share with us any of the uh, the thoughts that they might have with regard uh, Grand Theft Auto. You should uh, drop us a little email. It's uh, hello at uktechshow.com. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Google announced the new Pixel 7 Pro uh, and a new watch that looks awful. <laughs> the phone the phone costs 850 quid, and that's a lot of cash, even if it's not quite as much as Samsung and Apple command for their top-end devices. Now, I've always liked the Pixel phones. They're very capable devices. I don't see them having uh, necessarily quite the same glamour as the Galaxy S or iPhones, but maybe I'm, I'm just flat out wrong on that. Anyway, I don't see many of these devices anymore, Andy, but I understand from a little birdie that you've reviewed it so i think maybe you should tell me why i'm wrong and i should buy one um yes i have i have reviewed this yeah i've, I've got the pixel 7 the 7 pro uh and actually i've got the pixel watch all of which um are really ah. good um, well, maybe we should just talk about the pixel watch then <laughs> well we can talk about the pixel watch okay fine yeah, I, mean, I don't do really that. i don't need it and i don't use it and it's just another it's another health tracker and uh fine that's great if you like going out and being healthy but Otherwise, all I'm tracking is my walk to the fridge 
and then back to the sofa. Um, not great. Uh, the Pixel 7 okay. Pro, though, you know, you save it doesn't have have the glamour. I would say that is absolutely the case for Google's previous phones, for the Pixel 4, uh, the Pixel 5, when it went kind of small and plasticky with that sort of greeny matte finish. With the uh, Pixel 6 line, it really made big efforts to kind of transform its look. And it kind of, it, it, it was almost like it started from scratch. We're going to overhaul every, everything. They made that Google's own processor, the Tensor chip, like, like rather than using off-the-shelf stuff from Qualcomm, like everyone else uses it, like, no, we're going to build our own. That's huge. Yeah. And and they overhaul the design, so it's glass and aluminium. It looks beautiful. The Pixel 7 is really, really nice looking, I think. Obviously, okay. that's a personal opinion. But I think it is every bit as premium looking as any of the other flagships around there. I prefer its look to the S22. Um, uh Again, That's all this is subjective, but it actually, this is, it's a premium price, but it is actually a premium product, which I don't think now- they have been before. Yeah, and that, I think that's a, a, a good point to make. And I'm interested in this sort of whole premium thing because that wasn't really the point, was it? The Pixel was supposed to bring cutting edge hardware, but it was supposed to do it at a more affordable price point. Now, I, I think you see this with everyone, don't you? All of the big manufacturers, they start off with these affordable devices. OnePlus, OnePlus. is a pretty good example. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and it happens to them all. I mean, let's not forget Samsung was originally not a premium company for phones. Yeah. It was producing quite low cost things. So do you think that they've, you know, peop- it's going to make it more popular or less popular? And, and you know, are there is there still a room for that low I, end? I, I think there is there is room for both. And, in, and, because they they do have the low end as well. They launched the Pixel 6a only in July. There will be a 7a probably next July, and that is kind of doing the 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 low end lifting. And actually, to be honest, you know my my day job is is reviewing uh, mobile stuff, and the, the the lower and mid range is where all of the battles are taking place um, now in 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 mobile. It, that's where all the excitement is because all of that really good top end tech is finally kind of filtering down, and we're getting really really good phones at much more affordable prices. And you're but you're absolutely right with the Pixel that Google. I remember the Nexus Four was yeah. back in the day before they changed it to Pixel was so annoying because every single phone review I would write for CNET, every single one would have to end with, but you should buy the Nexus 4 because nothing else came close. It was the most high-performance phone. It had the best camera. It had everything, and it was less than half the price of almost anything else out there. No other company could get close to what um, Google did with the Nexus, and that certainly is not the case now. Uh, not by not by any means, but these companies need the excitement as well. They need to get the headlines. They need to get people going. Oh wow, this is this is something exciting because that's what's going to drive their sales, and that's what's going to then make people feel positively about the lower end ones that come afterwards. So they'll launch the seven now. Then we'll get the seven A, and that will do well um, as a result. Yeah, um, I mean, it would be very, very foolish of me not to engage you, uh, someone who takes a beautiful photograph, uh, with a discussion about the cameras. And and how do you feel? I mean, presumably you use the most recent iPhone. How do you feel the two stack up together? Uh, very interesting timing. Tomorrow you'll be able to see a full breakdown of Pixel 7 Ooh. Pro versus iPhone 14 Pro on CNET.com, written by me. Uh, spoiler alert. 
they are basically as good as each other of course they are because you're talking top end stuff the companies know that they need to have the best stuff in there uh the pixel can take absolutely superb photos it's got a longer um optical zoom in the iphone which i personally love because i love telephoto zooms when i'm out with my camera um you can get much more creative with your compositions than people who are just shooting the whole scene with a wide angle lens um so yeah i love it i think it's fantastic it is one of the best camera phones around it is certainly at a certain point it will be down to your personal preference whether you prefer shooting with the pixel over the iphone or over the galaxy s22 ultra um but it basically you can't go wrong with any of them they are all so good you cannot go wrong that's interesting. interesting to hear you say that. I mean, I, I've always sort of been a bit sniffy about modern smartphones because so much of it is achieved through AI and um, electronic compensation for things. And yeah. I, I look at, you know, taking a photo with a, a you know, and they're dying DSLRs or, or, or a really good sort of, uh, you know, full frame, compact, whatever. And, and I'm in my heart, I'm like, eh, you're never going to get quite as close. But the technology's come so far that practically speaking, they're they're very good cameras they are they are they are the best camera that you can be carrying around and i'm not going to do well, that whole line about oh the best cameras yeah. you've got in the pocket. but they are genuinely superb for almost everything that you would want to do and if you are maybe not a photographer but you like always being able to take good photos these are the best things to carry because they the as you say the, the software the ai the computational photography that they're capable of doing means that you can take an incredible sunset you can take um, an incredible landscape you can take a, now amazing photos at night and they do take amazing photos at night it's insane yeah. what they can do so they're great to have for almost anything you'd want to do so it's really now only those people who are really genuinely keen on on actually taking photographs and wanting to do things with them and ha and like really pixel peep and maybe print or sell prints that need to be looking towards dedicated cameras um because the things that you can take with these phones i mean i've i've published images in magazines with iphones and you wouldn't have any idea that it wasn't taken with a professional dslr like they are yeah. superb well it's always going to come down to the, the skill of a photographer isn't it i mean you know people can do amazing things with like a disposable camera if you give them a chance and they're good photographers so i'm not particularly surprised by that it's interesting it does make me sort of in a way challenge my my feelings but realistically i don't know i just i find the iphone now to be just easy and that's not to say it's perfect because it, it's far from it there are some things that drive me crazy i recently discovered that the movement of the when you type i i, I only over open apps by searching these days and it used to be that when you type the, the app name it would appear at the top they've moved it down uh, and for some reason i can't get it right anymore <laughs> it's it's completely broken my brain yeah uh, and i'm like i want it to be back at the top but hey i'm old yeah so uh, and that's why i like an iphone back that's the that's still the difference. Android would let you customize yes. it, and yeah. I would say and, the other thing with the Pixel, it is beautiful to use. It's really nice. It is not like Android of old. It is a very very slick experience. 
Yeah, I mean, look, Android's very good. I started my love of smartphones with Android devices. You know, you wouldn't have got me off uh, an original HTC Magic or the HTC Hero. I love those phones so much. And I remember your feelings on Apple products, so... (laughs) Yeah, things change. People get old and they can't be bothered anymore. (laughs) Um, Well, look, I mean, whatever your favourite phone is, you should uh, shoot us an email and tell us what you would be buying. You know, are you going to switch to a, a Pixel? I'd, I'd love to hear from you if you are. It's um, hello at uktechshow.com. Well, I just want to quickly thank patrons for supporting us directly, helping us to bring in people like Andy when he's super busy, but his brother's brother's too busy being sick. If you want to get the full version of the show, and of all of our episodes indeed, ad-free. Uh, join our live audience every week for a recording, uh, and you'll get our sister show, Extra Message, which this week was me waffling. Then you can go to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. If you're one of them and you want to hear our extended third discussion for this week um all about switching your loved ones to different messaging apps that's going to happen now Now, this is usually the point of a show where Nate says our friend uh, Tom Merritt on Daily Tech News Show is going to give us a little taste of what's been exciting our American brothers and sisters. But Nate's probably in bed or coughing up a lung. Uh, Unfortunately, Tom isn't, though. Uh, So what's been going on in the wider world of tech, Tom? This week on Daily Tech News Show, Meta announced a VR headset for the enterprise and also kind of tried to pretend other people might want it to. The reviews are in for the NVIDIA RTX 4090. It's damn expensive, but if you have the means, reviewers highly recommend it. Microsoft changes the name of its office suite to Microsoft 365, a very Microsoft-y thing to do. I think it's a mistake. And a product with Google in its name doesn't get canceled and even begins to expand again. Google Fiber is back, baby. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thanks, Tom. That is a good set of shows right there and weirdly related to what we were just saying. Um, And the Google Fiber thing, I'm like, I thought they'd given up on Fiber, but hey-ho. Oh, who knows what they're doing. It's very Google, right? But anyway, you should definitely listen to DTNS. It's phenomenal. Um, Andy, it's your chance now to give us... um, uh, your advert. You can give us your advert again. Oh, I can give you another advert. Where we can advert. find you. Well, there are two yeah. places that you should go to in particular. I suppose I should do the professional thing and tell you, first of all, to check out CNET.com for more uh, general and global tech goings on from reviews to news. As I mentioned earlier, uh, tomorrow I will be having a large uh, comparison between the Pixel 7 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro going up. Loads of photos of lovely Leaf. Um, uh, so, do go and check that out but my own stuff you can go and check out uh, my youtube channel andrew langson photography uh where i uh take you behind the scenes on some lovely gentle woodland forest and nature oh. photo shoots macro wildlife landscapes all that you're not writing stuff. a youtube title now man <laughs> i know you have to fit macro into everything on youtube well, I do have to fit macro into everything on YouTube. <laughs> You're Mr. Macro now. Well, that's brilliant. YouTube told me I am, so I am. You are. Well, and we'll put links to that. I'll get my assistant to put links to that in the show notes, if you like. Would Appreciate that be helpful? Absolutely, it would be. All right, brilliant. Well, um, 
that's it. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you should consider backing us to get our full-length ad-free version. You can listen live to get extra message, our Patreon-exclusive show, which Nate routinely records in a forest. Uh, and you can find out more at patreon.com forward slash UK tech or support us for free on Apple Podcasts or whatever you use by rating us and telling a friend what you think. 